Welcome to the Dawning Bliss Podcast, where we help humans on their path to happiness, love, light, and freedom. And now, here is your host, Tanika Dawn, life coach and NLP practitioner. All right, it is our second season, our episode number three, and I am so excited today because it's not very often that in the personal development world, we bring in improv and comedy as a path or means to more joy or happiness. But as you will soon learn, I have speaker Sean Hancock with me. I'm so excited. I met Sean at a business summit uh, last year, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and he's a hoot. He's hilarious, but he's also so insightful and and intelligent and he just really understands people. And so I want to just welcome Sean. I'm so excited to have you today. Uh, and I cannot wait to hear these three principles that you you talk about with improv and joy. Awesome. Yeah. Tanika, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you. Um yeah, <clears throat> one of the things I've been noticing, especially in this the the world that we live in and its current climate, so to speak, um life goes off script and uh and so we have to improvise and yeah. there's ways to do that in order to do it well and uh and as you were talking about before we um before we were recording of just how important it is to connect to communicate with other people and just to do life with other people and uh as improvisers you rarely ever see anyone doing a solo show you know right <laughs> yeah, it, and- it can be done, but it's, 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 um, it's so fun. And I've done a solo show before, but it's so fun to be on stage with people, you, your friends and yes. to, to yes, and each other. So yeah, yes, I'm, and, excited to dive I'm excited because right, we met because of that. And it is so true this, this season, right? My first season of, of my podcast was just me. And mm. this second season is literally everyone else and me, right? Everyone else mm-hmm. too, because it, it's one thing for me to talk and share my knowledge, but it's a whole mm. other thing to have your points of view and perspective. And for me to be able to, you know, improv with you, I think every conversation we ever have is improv. Uh, Isn't that mm. so true? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It just dawned on me. I'm like, duh, he probably knows this, but it just dawned on me. <laughs> like every interaction we have is almost, it's, it's all improv. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to that point, a lot of people struggle in conversation oftentimes yeah. because they're, um, I mean, this is a more provocative way of saying it, but they're more, they're na- nasal, navel gazing more than they are listening and leaning in. And so, some of the best conversationalists are really interested in the other person that they're conversing with. And so I, I, and I, I've heard it said that if you want to be interesting, be interested. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I've and, heard and the opposite I don't think of you... that too. If you're bored, <laughs> if you're bored, it's because you're boring. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's mean, it's kind of true. I tell my kids that I'm like, if you're bored, it's because you're being boring. Nice. Yeah. Jazz it up a little. That's right. That's right. Creativity lives in, and right on the precipice of boredom is mm-hmm. creativity. Yeah. So that's where, that's where doodling comes in, where your brain is just like, dude, I can't just hang out here in boredom. Yeah. I got to do something. Writing, so, everything. It feels yeah. like everything for me, at least. Mm-hmm. So you, you speak all the time. I mean, it feels like all the time. 
<laughs> about <laughs> about how comedy, right? Which I feel like that's just mm-hmm. goes without saying. How comedy can bring us more joy and happiness. Yeah. Can you share yeah. with me? Like you have these three principles. I really want to hear them. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I'll share the three principles of improv um, that have impacted me and and, tra- and changed my life. Okay. Um, my life got drastically transformed doing improv, and it just it opened up doors for me to travel the world, to go to places I'd never been before. Uh, it brought me to the shores of Spain where I met my wife. Oh. And, um, and we now have two kids and, and, um, live here in Boise. So, uh, but, and, and that was one principle of improv, I believe that, that did that. So I'll explain the, the three rules. Um, <clears throat> but first, yeah, to speak to what you just talked about as far as speaking, um, I do have the opportunity to be in front of people every week speaking to them using improv principles and, uh, the the real one really is listening but it's not just i i hear you or i'm i'm waiting for you to stop talking so i can start where a lot of people unfortunately you know we do that like and i've been i've been i've been i've done that too um there's this type of listening and there's actually a hebrew word for it that i've kind of uh latched onto and it's this word called shema have you heard of uh-huh. it before I, okay. I haven't, but I, I like the concept already. So Shema means I'm listening with the intent of doing something with what I hear. So the Hebrews will take it one step further. They're, I'm I'm listening with the intent of obeying. So okay. what you say is going to move me. What you say, I'm going to apply and, and activate myself. So when you have that level of listening, whatever someone is saying to you, you're instantly a part of the conversation. You're instantly re- ready to respond. And, and that's, that's really what a real improviser is doing is responding. Paramedics, another term yeah. for a paramedic yeah. is first responder, not first yeah. reactor. I'm, <laughs> you know I'm, I mean? I'm literally in OEC right now, which is outdoor emergency care as a first mm. responder for ski patrol. And so literally, yes, a lot of responding. I think that's a lot of what I do in coaching. Um, Uh So I like what you're saying with this listening thing. And I want to just add some, some things I've learned real quick here Mm -hmm. is one, right? We, I think that listening with the intention of understanding the other person is really important, Mm -hmm. right? Seeking to understand before Mm -hmm. seeking to be understood. Um, But also I did this study a while back and if we listen just listening, active listening with compassion can actually help the other person feel better without mm-hmm. us actually even like, I, I don't want to say participating, but without us even being a vocal part of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Just by listening attentively with compassion helps the other person to actually feel our presence in it. That's why I love those things. So absolutely yeah. listening is is huge. It's wild. I have kids now and, and it's, it's, to, to to your point of like how important it is for them just to be heard uh-huh. by you, you know, and, um, and not necessarily to fix what they're feeling, but just to hear them and be like, Oh man. And that- in our partnerships. <clears throat> oh yeah. That's 100%. huge. Right. Like I don't remember. Oh, we were playing the game. We were playing cards against humanity recently. <laughs> and, uh, and this guy, I absolutely adore him, but he seems like a very like, 
gruff kind of man, if you will, right? A little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. And he's not. He, he's a great dude. But he somehow took this Cards Against Humanity moment and made it very serious where he it, mm-hmm. the card somehow ended up saying, you know, like, just listen to her, right? Just listen without trying to fix it. Um, and we were all like, aw, right? Like here we all are like laughing, having a good time. And we all have this like, aw moment. Right. And surprise. But I think that that's right. Really important. I, I have taught several people, including my husband to pause and say, Mm -hmm. do you want me to fix it or just listen? (laughs) It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great question to ask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, listening is incredibly important in all relationships. Uh, the next one and the one that really, this is a staple of improv that you, you can't improvise without is yes. And, and that's where you acknowledge what someone is bringing to the table. You hear them and you add on top of it. So it is that, that active part of Shema where I'm like, I acknowledge I'm saying yes. So I'm, I'm actually having to be agreeable. Yeah. Right. So, which is fantastic. If you're ever in a, in a meeting where you're like, Hey, let's brainstorm some ideas. As soon as you come in with like, no, that's not going to work. It just stops everything. Yeah. But when you come in with like, yeah, and we could do, 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 do. Yes. And, and then before you know it, you've solved the company's problems. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yes. And is, is really powerful and you can, you can utilize it not just in a brainstorm session, but in your own life. When it oh. comes to goal setting, yeah. when it comes to things, opportunities that come your way, it, Inside it's our of limited- your head too, right? right. So oh, I'm a mindset coach mm-hmm. and, um, right. I, I, I don't know why this is the piece coming to mind, but instead of saying, you know, like I can't afford that, say, how can I afford that? Mm-hmm. Right. When we say I can't, we shut it down. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of saying no. Right. But, um, yep. but to say, how can I, right. Or to say, yeah, that's expensive and I'm going to find a way to figure it out or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like it's important because our brain is listening to those, right. to those thoughts of, yeah. of shutting, shutting stuff down. Something else you said, I really, really, really love. And I never mm. thought that this would come into play, but you just connected it for me. Acknowledgement, the yes piece. Um, I cannot tell you how far I get in conversation with people simply by acknowledging right by yes Mm -hmm. confirming right confirmation that that is their reality right validating their experience that's something that we often fail to do in this world right because we see it differently than they do so instead of Mm -hmm. confirming and validating their experience we go oh no this you know i just had a conversation with a grandmother, her granddaughter said, Oh, I hate myself. And she says, Oh, you can't hate yourself. And I said, actually, that, that was worse for her than saying, you know, I understand that you hate yourself right now. Can you mm-hmm. tell me why? But validating people's experiences with that yes piece, so important in this world, way bigger than improv. No offense. I mean, I love improv, but way bigger than improv. That is, that is a real key to being. I, I feel like a, a, a an intentionally connecting human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I, y- y- yes. And is just a, a part of improv. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's where I, I say this, like you look around the the world and the sun has been pretty faithful coming up at 
the same time or, you know, just yeah. we, we can predict it. We know when the sun's going to set. We know when it's going to come up in the morning. And what's wild is the sun is giving light in life to plants and they're exhaling what we need to breathe in to sustain our life. The food yeah. that we eat comes, you know, so yeah. everything is for us. We just can't make it all about us. Yeah. You know, it's like everything is for us. So, and I think that's part of us acknowledging and maybe even disagreeing with someone, but able to say, like, I acknowledge you. You have, you have, uh, value as a human being, uh, intrinsic value. You are a person. You should, um, you deserve love, kindness and respect. And that's what I'm going to give, regardless if I, uh, you know, agree with you on yeah. every level of your life or whatever. So. Yeah, it's just wild. It's wild. That is wild. I want to get to your third principle, but I really want to ask sure. you kind of a question here. Sure. So this has been a practicing principle of mine as an individual, right? A personal policy, so to speak, that I treat everybody with that, you know, uh, kindness and respect and, and, um, yeah, just kindness and respect to everybody, right? It's just, mm-hmm. and, and I do that as an act of who I am, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of how, we may disagree regardless of how you behave. How do you see that? Cause that's not a conversation I've ever really ever been able to really have, right? I do that as a, as a principle of who I am, right? This is part of who I am is that I'm respectful and kind to everybody. Yeah. Um, and you just said that, right? Like everybody's inherently worthy of this. Yeah. So where does that fall in, in Sean's world? Well, I have all different types of people who walk through my, my doors yeah, that yeah. either want to see a show or want to take a class. And not everyone wants to be a professional improv comedian or a stand up comedian. <clears throat> In fact, it's very rarely that I get someone who's like, I want to do this professionally. What I get is people who are wanting to work on themselves and they're wanting to either fan that flame in them that they lost maybe as a child, maybe they want to get their laugh back. Maybe they failed in relationship and they're just struggling. They want to be long. They want to be known by a group of people and they want to be loved by a human being. And so I just respect and acknowledge everyone who comes through my doors, regardless of their political standings. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't matter. Um, One thing I know is the way that our eyes on our head, we can, we can stand in a room of a hundred people and we can see every single person in that room except for ourselves. So and true. so we need good mirrors to reflect back to us who we are. Yeah. And which means our, our people group, our circle of friends, the people that we trust. Um, if they're holding up a broken mirror, you're going to see a broken person. And sometimes the mirror we've been holding up to ourselves oh. was broken and damaged long ago. I love so, that. I love that so much. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Holy crap. I've never heard it put that way. I've definitely mm-hmm. talked a lot about mirrors. I've learned a lot about the mirroring, but I've never mm-hmm. heard the broken mirror piece. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm a little bit floored right now. I'm, I'm going to have to like do mm-hmm. some, I'm going to have to do some journaling after this about that. <laughs> uh, so thank <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I expected to welcome. be moved by you, but I did not expect that. <laughs> <laughs> so your th- so your That's first cool. principle was listening. That's right. Your second principle yeah. is yes and. So like That's right. affirming I heard you and mm-hmm. adding yeah. to that and mm-hmm. then your third principle. The so I'm 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 going to steal from Tina Fey on this one. She has four rules of improv. Okay. And uh and this is her fourth one. 
And it's, there's no mistakes, only opportunities. Yeah. <clears throat> this is very similar to life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. <clears throat> right. Yes. So, um, even in, um, what, what, <laughs> Uh, even the faith-based community might be able to see this and be like, oh, even what man does for evil, God makes for good. So we have this opportunity as humans, even in the worst of things, to find the best results. Absolutely. And even in the business world, right? Yeah. Um, the, the, de- the Great Depression created mm-hmm. the most millionaires. Yeah. The, the pandemic created the most billionaires, right? Yeah. It's wild. So, or so. Anyways, my point is, and I'm not trying to say like take advantage of, um, you know, I'm <laughs> not taking advantage of people. I'm just saying, what are the problems that need to be solved? And back yeah. to the mirror piece, no pun intended, mirror piece. But, <laughs> um, what are the problems? What are the broken pieces that I can show up and shine good reflection or healing or show up and solve a problem? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even I'm such a connector. So I'm even connecting this to the relationship piece where yeah. your husband's talking to you and you're like, Hey, do you want me to fix this? Or do you want me just to listen to you? Yeah. So if you're aware of these principles and there's a lot more than three, but I just wanted to share three of the most powerful ones and life-changing ones for me. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes people are just in a place where they need someone to listen. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes like, I well, 99% of what I really do as a coach is perspective shift. And Mm -hmm. you're talking about that with that third one, right? Yeah. And it, I, my first book, which is not out and forgive my language here, but this is just, I, I said the book's title was thank you and fuck you. And it was because I was truly grateful for all of the shit I went through in my upbringing because they really Mm -hmm. made me into who I am now. And now, right? Although, God, it was, it was a road getting here. Now I, I know that I inherently add value to yeah. the world and the people that, that I'm around. And yeah. I wouldn't be this person without that past and without that path right. as, as disastrous as it was. I'm so grateful for it. Right. And, it, and right. I am right. We, we talk about self-esteem a lot, right? Like that's just, it is self-esteem is a thing. I don't care what industry you're in. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And instead of saying, sorry, right, you have an opportunity to say, thank you for understanding, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of apologizing, we were just doing an ADHD um, podcast right before this one. And, you know, the, the gal that I had on, she, she said one day she was in the office and she was just having fun, jumped up on a table and was throwing balls of paper across the office. <laughs> and right, like from a professional standpoint, you're like, what are you doing? Um, right. That was an opportunity for her instead of to, you know, cower down and feel shame and, and different and all these things. It was an opportunity for her to instead say, you know what? Thanks for being understanding that. I don't quite fit the normal mold that, mm-hmm. you know what, these behaviors may not be professional or always appropriate, but they are kind of part of me. And, you know, an opportunity to ask for grace and understanding versus apologize, which deflates our self, self-esteem. And I think that that's, you know, to the third point, when things go wrong, it is an opportunity, right? It's mm-hmm. an opportunity to learn. 
It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to reflect. It's, it's, I mean, it's so there's so many opportunities in failing, if you will, in crap going wrong. Mm-hmm. What are some of your personal experiences with that? With the uh, failings and things going wrong? Yeah. I mean, with this third principle applying to mm. your life and before you even knew the third principle existed, right? Because I, yeah, we, we happen to have these, you know, patterns in our life well before we learned how to label them. Yeah. What they are. Yeah. I, I once did this personal growth seminar and um, we had to write down the markers of like the worst moments in our lives that were just yeah. like milestones that just stood out. And then we examined them and asked where some of the greatest moments in our lives were. And every single one of us discovered that it was right after the worst moments. And so if you took that away, you were missing the greatest moments of your life. I think it's even Tony Robbins who who talks about like, say thank you for the worst days of your life because they're actually your best. If you're gonna, if you're gonna give credit, he says this about parents. He says, if you're gonna give credit to them for all of the bad shit, you also have to give credit to them for all the good shit. And that was where that book really came from. Yeah. Um, between Tony Robbins saying that and Gary V saying like, you know, tell your parents to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> combination of those two things back in, you know, 2017 ish. Yeah. Um, that was where that book was born. And yeah, absolutely. Right. My, my husband and I wouldn't have met had I not gone through one of the worst times of my life. Right. Yep. It was, Same it was, a, it was a, it was a downpour of like when it rains, it pours, right. It was mm-hmm. crap, crap and more crap. And then I met my husband and I never thought, right. As a, I was a single mom for 11 years. I never mm-hmm. thought that, right. My, let me, let me go back. I always thought that I would be when I had all my poop in a group, when I had it all together, when I was successful, when I was just really triumphant, that I would meet this perfect guy for me. Mm-hmm. Not when I was in the deepest and darkest crap of my life would I meet this guy. Like mm-hmm. that would just, no, right? That didn't make sense. But it was perfect because had he met me at my best or at my shiniest moment, I would have questioned the authenticity. But because he mm-hmm. met me at one of my darkest, worst moments of life and still loved and accepted me and saw my value, right? And yeah, that just validated the authenticity of him genuinely loving me for me. Right. Regardless mm-hmm. of what I physically or financially or materialistically could bring to the table. Yeah. It, it, it couldn't have happened any other way. Right. It just wouldn't have. And so I do. I'm so grateful for our, our, our dark moments because they're really what brings the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So I, I want to hear your wife's story. You said that this is true for you and your wife as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, I almost married the wrong person and uh, I didn't know it Whoops. at the time. Yeah. So, and, and it wasn't like a mix up at the wedding altar. No, it was like <laughs> um, three months before our, our wedding date. Um, she called it off, broke up with me. She was seeing a guy she was working with and um, it devastated me. Mm. Uh, I was just en- envisioning things weren't perfect, but <clears throat> I was like, man, I can make anything work. And she's almost great, <laughs> which was, by the way, <laughs> for those of you in a relationship, don't try that. to fix people. That's the rule number one. Um, so I went through this downward spiral of just sadness, depression, loneliness, looking for love in all the wrong places. And it brought me on this journey where I moved to LA. I'd like shaved my head, moved to California and um, started pursuing acting and improv. 
And um, I was very, very alone. And I remember, like, I remember at this party being like, everyone was laughing and having a good time, but it was like hollow laugh. It wasn't, it wasn't feeling like it wasn't authentic joy. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror, remembering what I wanted as a little boy of like the hopes and dreams that I had and looking in the mirror and being like, this isn't the man I wanted to be. I didn't recognize the person, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I remember saying a prayer. I was like, God help me. Uh, If God was this bright light, he was in the distance and I was somewhere in the shadows and I was just like, I miss you. I miss your light. I need help. Send me some God people. That was like my prayer. Send me some God people. (laughs) Send me some God people because I need some light. And uh, very shortly afterwards, I had some friends of mine introduce me to go check out this church. And it was this place that I found community. And I was asked to uh, join this improv team. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And then I ended up being asked to teach. And I was like, I don't want to teach improv. I just want to be the best actor and improviser (laughs) I can be. I didn't know that when you teach, you learn twice. So my friend begged me, he's like, would you just try it? So I tried it and I fell in love with it. And I had this pastor of this church that I was going to uh, come in and take an improv class for me. And I said, Hey, we're all, none of us are from LA and this is a wild city to live in. Would you mind just saying a prayer for all of us since class is over for anyone who wants it? And so a ton of people were just like, yeah, I'll get get some prayer from this pastor dude. (laughs) And, uh, and he said this prayer and I was like, I've never heard anyone pray like that before. I was like, this guy knows God and has an authentic relationship with him. So, so it was then that I was like, all right, I want an upgrade. I want a prayer upgrade anyways. So, (laughs) um, so I said this prayer and my friend who told me I should teach classes ended up getting this, this gig, this tour to go to Europe. And I was like, man, that's a chance of a lifetime. And uh, another gig came up for him to work for Disney. And so he's like, I can't go on this tour. Sean, I gave them your name to go on the tour in my stead. Oh my And gosh. so, yeah. And talk about limiting beliefs. I was like, man, that's a chance of a lifetime, but I can't afford it. I'm not qualified. I bet your little I'm not voices qualified. were beaten. Oh, all up. sorts of stuff. Oh man. I was I remember calling the artistic director on my friend's cell phone because I couldn't pay I couldn't pay my cell phone bill that month. <laughs> and and I told him that I'm like, listen, man, this is where I'm at. I can't, I want to go on this tour. And I had been rehearsing with them for a while. So I was like the guy. And he his name's David, who was who was talking to me. He's like, Sean, we've already bought your tickets in your name um like it would actually cost us more money that to to find someone else than for you to go i'm sorry to say it but you're our guy dude can i pray for you <laughs> I was right? like, oh my gosh all it's time. all covered it's, it's all covered so um so he must have spread a good prayer a pretty good prayer because i hit my knees in my apartment in north hollywood and i just surrendered this was like my come to jesus moment i just surrendered to god and i was like all right if you want me to do this thing you got to do it because i can't But from this day forward, I'm just going to surrender and uh, everything I have is now yours. And it was as if God said to me, now watch what I'm going to do for you, son. Because he started, there's this term called pruning where guard, you know, like 
nurture me back things so things can grow. Yeah. So I got pruned. <laughs> like <laughs> bad relationships, bad choices, yeah, yeah. things. So I was this twig, right? But what was happening is it was, it was, I was the pruning back of all the things that were bearing no good fruit at all gave birth to this twig turning into this, this, this fruit bearing. Fruit tree, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I ended up going to Switzerland. I went to Germany and they encored us and I had like, it was, it was wild. Um, gave us a standing ovation, encored us and, um, and there was someone in that crowd who invited me to come to Spain and teach people improv. And when, and I got to go to England and people in England, I did a workshop for them and they're like, can you come back and live with us in England <laughs> and start an improv theater like you're doing in LA? And so I came back to Europe. I came back three times in a year span. And I remember being at the airport. I'm like putting down a huge bag. And this one guy's like, man, you look like you're going backpack in Europe for, uh, for, for, for six months. And I was like, that's basically what I am doing. And he's <laughs> like, man, you must have had to save like 20 grand to do that. I was like, dude, you have no idea what's in my bank account. It's like 350 bucks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he said, man, that's the chance of a lifetime. Yeah. And something struck me and I realized that the chance of a lifetime comes every day for those who are looking for it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I have so many things I can't wait to like add to this, but I can't like, yeah. you're almost to the wife. Part. I'm almost, the, so I'm, I'm in Spain and I, I'm like this relationship that brought me here, like from the, the downward spiral in my life, looking for love in all the wrong places. I remember standing on the banks of the Mediterranean Sea. And I reached down and I grabbed this stone from the beach. And I just, I just made a declaration that everything that connected me, all the soul ties or whatever that connected me to this relationship that was broken, that wasn't anymore. I'm just going to throw this as a symbol of what is going on yeah, emotionally yeah. and eternally, spiritually, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just, I just did it. I said, I'm just putting everything in this rock and I just threw it as hard as I could into the Mediterranean Sea. And it was like something. I did something physical to yes. do something mental, emotionally, and spiritually, yes. Yes. and something broke it. off. I released yeah. it, and it broke off. And very shortly, I ended up meeting this girl, Colleen. And we in Spain, they greet people with like the Spanish kiss on the cheek. Mwah, mwah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the moment after I kissed her on the cheek, I hear this voice that sounded like my voice, but it wasn't mine. Say, get to know Colleen. And so I just was like, maybe she needs a friend. I was not looking for relationship. I was just like, I'm just going to be me. Yeah. And, um, and I was, and I was authentic and just, I shared with her journal entries of like the worst parts of my life. And she's like, dude, I, and over time I fell in love with her and I told her, I was like, I want to marry you. And, and she had never, she had never dated anyone. She never held anybody's hand before. Aww. And uh, anyways, so long story short, um, I, I ended up marrying her and, um, and we have two incredible kids and, and we run a business together. That's so cute. I love that. So um, my husband and I story super similar, right? Like he, uh, he was in his finding himself phase after a divorce. <laughs> I was not dating 
not dating because I was actually relocating halfway across the country to Texas from Southern Utah. And, and so when I met him, it, there was just like, no, right. Like it it wasn't going to happen, but because of my, um, professional experience as a coach, um, I was just, I was just sounding board, right. I was just Mm. normalizing and, you know, having having real conversation with him at a bar nonetheless. Okay. It ended up being outside. (laughs) Um, we were on the tailgate of the truck in the parking lot. Um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that happened, but there were so many things you just said that I love and I just want our audience to hear. It does, like, you know, Steve Harvey talks about this and that was one thing that kept coming to mind is, you know, like he had like $28, right? And was sleeping in his car and was the king of comedy, right? Like yeah. he wow. has a true, like you, you do have to be there where you have nothing and you are running on faith. And the mm-hmm. opportunities beget opportunities, right? Yeah. That's the other thing I really yeah. just kept hearing in this is opportunity begets opportunity. It really mm-hmm. does. And you do have to shut those little voices down, right? Um, as you call it, give it to God. If, if that's what you do, like, you know, I'm not a really religious person, but I totally understand and feel that process no matter what we call it. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, having faith alone and just being willing to like to, to go it. To do it, mm-hmm. despite you know your financial instability, despite um, your naysayers in your own head, or or even around you, right? I have had lots mm-hmm. of naysayers around me, and to just go and it, it has like you know created so much opportunity. Not quite the same, like you know, I don't have the same story by any means, um, but enough similarities. Recently, I was, and I'm not going to name names because we're not there yet, but I'm really <laughs> excited. I put a goal to have a really like they call her a super celebrity to have Mm -hmm. a super celebrity do the forward for the book I'm working on. Mm. I put it down on there as a goal and I'm like, you know, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off, but I want to. Well, years ago I had met um, the guy who manages ZZ Top and Mm. uh, Fleetwood Mac and he and I became good friends and eventually business partners and he's out in LA. And as I start Googling, like, how do I get this person, right? How do I get in touch with this person to where she'll even give me the time of day? Right. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm a nobody still. Um, and then I thought, well, maybe he would know. Right. And I've never, I've never been a fan girl. I've never been, you know, asking for favors of that nature. And so I was like, well, let me just call and ask him what the hell. <laughs> so he's, he's clear over in, I don't even know the UK or somewhere um, on mm. tour with his, with his group. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll send you her info right now. <laughs> I freaked, Sean. I yeah. freaked. And I'm like, how, like, do you know how many little things had to happen for that to happen just now today? Like, oh, it's amazing. But that that's, you know, it comes back to, and I know this isn't about having faith, but that's like what I keep hearing, right, is, mm-hmm. is receiving what's yeah. here right mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. ending is so true in this right receiving yeah what's here and right what's what's to come and having faith and courage that yeah. it is happening for you right yes. even the worst things are happening for you and i have one more story i really want to share because this is my most powerful it's happening for you story yeah um like, uh, can i always- add to one thing before you yes. share your story please um i feel like that's where hope lives Yes. Right on that precipice of where you're needing faith. You, you need to look at, I'm not, you know, like something, whether it's goal setting, 
something that you cannot tangibly touch, but it's in front of you. You have faith that it's coming, but it's just not there yet. Yeah. But you, that's where hope comes in. It's yes. like, it's on its way. This is a super celebrity. It's on its way. You yeah. know, the life change, the, the, the right mm-hmm. girl, the right guy, the right clients. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just recently, and I call it mm-hmm. manifestation, right. But I recently mm-hmm. manifested myself out of a tough situation in business because I had too many clients have financial struggle right after and they dropped our our mm. sessions and I was like, oh crap, what am I going to do? And I just mm. wrote down, right? I'm really careful about words because I study neurolinguistics, right? So I was really careful about the words. Instead of putting I need, I wrote coming from alternative sources and the amount That's and great. boom, it showed up and I was just bored. But yes, hope, hope is huge. Now in this moment, I went in with a lot of hope and was crushed. Mm-hmm. And only months later did I figure it out. And I mean, in the moment I was optimistic going, you know, there's a reason for this happening. But as a single mom, I had been in, um, I had been in property management and I was managing, um, a prop- a- approximately 40 properties, um, overnight rentals, right? Vacation luxury rentals. Mm-hmm. And I ha- was told that after a year, I would have the opportunity to buy into the company and be a third owner. And I wanted to do that. I'd always been an entrepreneurial spirit, but being a single mom, right? Coming up with the buy-in was hard. Regardless, I worked really hard for this company. I treated it as if it was my own baby. Mm-hmm. And I started to find investors that could help me buy in that with time I could pay them back and I could still have this opportunity to buy into the company. Mm-hmm. So I finally have all my ducks in a row. I faced all my fears and I'm like, this is a huge risk, but I can do it. I will figure it out. I will make it work. And I go to the head owner of the company, right? The the main owner. And they say, all right, I'm ready to buy in. And he says, buy in what? And I said, at, at a year, I was told I would have the opportunity to buy a, a third of the company for this area. And he says, we just sold it to someone else. I was devastated, Sean. I mean, there's a video on my on my Facebook of me just sobbing, oh. ugly crying, right? Oh, and man. And I was, and I can still feel it. And I said, like, as I'm crying, I'm like, there's got to be a reason for this. I don't know what it is, but it wasn't meant for me. So this this lady bought in. A month and a half later, COVID hits and all vacation rentals got shut down. Mm. As a single mom, I couldn't have, have afforded that loss. Wow. Right? I thought I could afford the risk. I thought I could do it. I am so glad that God said, you know what? This isn't the opportunity for you right now and took it away from me as much as that hurt. Right. As as much pain and betrayal as I felt in that moment. Yeah. As much as like these dreams were crushed and I ended up eventually leaving the company because I didn't want to work with people like that. Right. 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 But something bigger knew what was about to come and I didn't. Uh And I was so glad that, you know, in hindsight, in the moment, no, I was crushed. I was devastated. Months later, I was so thankful that that opportunity wasn't mine, wasn't, wasn't mine to be had at the moment. And that, that's one of those, like, I did not have, I had hope and I was excited and faith, but in the moment that it, like, it all fell through, I was just devastated, right? I mean, I, I just couldn't believe. Um, mm-hmm. I was sad. Lots, lots of grief, lots of grief. Yeah. And it just, just months later, I was so thankful. I was mm. so grateful. And and I knew, right, that that was when I knew that was the why, right? This is the why it yeah. wasn't meant for me right now. Right. 
Um, right. But huge. That's just, that's one of those like worst thing ever turned into one of the best things possible, even if it's, it's it, preservation. Yeah. Right. It's the, it's those wild blessings and disguises that you're, you, and when you're in it, you're like, this is the worst thing ever. But when you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, I just got saved. I just escaped Thank you. pain Thank you and so much. sorrow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's reason to give thanks for sure. Right. Uh, yeah. Still, still to sure. this day. And I recently shared that video with somebody because they said something about crying. And I was like, you know what? Let me show you a video where I publicly ugly cry. And, uh, and that was the video. And so that was just recent in my head. So Sean, I'm so glad I got to have you on and to get to chat with you again. I feel like we need a catch up session that's not being recorded, but I think anything we were to talk about would be value to an audience. So for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Tanika, thanks for having me on your little love story and how that came to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly believe that love in itself happens when we're not expecting it. I know, you know, a lot of people come to me for dating coaching and there's just really, truly nothing I can do to make it happen faster. (laughs) I can prepare you for it, but I can't make it happen faster. Yeah. 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 It's funny. (laughs) There's, there's two like bits of advice that I had heard. One was like when, which seems almost unattainable when you're when you're, when you become Mr. Right, you'll attract Mrs. Right. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I think for me, I, didn't have the pressure on me. And that's what freed me up to receive um, an incredible gift with, with, yeah. with relationship. Um, when you're just fine with being you. Tony Robbins says skin. to replace expectation with appreciation. And, and I think that that's, you know, like when we go into dating and we're intentionally dating, we kind mm-hmm. of set these expectations mm-hmm. and then oh, we yeah. have a gauge Right. And then we know how far close we are. But if we have no expectation and we just appreciate the beings that come into our, into our orbit for whatever reason, yeah. that, that, that shifts things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You study the brain, right? Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the reticulating activator system? Absolutely. The RAS? Yes. It's so cool. It's that filter so cool. for, for your audience who may or may not know. Like there's a filter. There's a part of your brain. Like let's say you buy a yellow Volkswagen. Yeah, you're like, going to oh, see them cool. everywhere. I never, yeah, it's like you never saw them before you bought yeah. it, and now they're everywhere. And it's yeah. because um, it's important to you. So your brain is filter out, filtering out things that aren't important to you. Yeah. So when you do that, when you become grateful with yourself, like that person is just going to be highlighted for yeah. you. Yeah. Because they're part of your your. It's true with a vision brain. board too, right? So um, I put my QX80, which was my dream car. I put my QX80 mm-hmm. up on the uh, dream board and then I started seeing them everywhere and it, it almost like faltered me. And I was like, Shh, like, why do I want this? Everybody's driving one, <laughs> <laughs> which That's I, ha- funny. I, I don't have it, but I, I actually was financially intelligent and settled for the same car with different emblems. So the um, Nissan Armada is almost the same exact car, just different okay. emblems for yeah. significantly less price. Yeah. So I kind of have it now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm satisfied, we'll call it. But I do see them everywhere now. And I'm like, what the So it's yeah, funny. I like that you added that for our audience to know. Um, you, what you, I, I said this early, like 2017, first year of coaching and speaking. Um, what did it, what was it? Your mentality will become your reality. Mm-hmm. And it's just another thoughts become things. 
right? Mm-hmm. And it is because of the reticular activating system. Lisa mm-hmm. Nichols says, if you can touch it, you can have it, right? So if you can, mm. if you're in a space where you can touch it, you can have it. And yeah. I think that is all based on on our RAS, where if we're putting it in there, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 it's in there that we can have it. And the same is true, guys. If you don't want it, you really don't want to focus on what you don't want because your reticular activating system will focus on it just as well as it will focus on the good shit that you do want. <laughs> it's wild. Just a caution yeah. there. Yeah. It's it's yeah. like whatever you do, don't think of an elephant right now. Do not think of an elephant. It's right? like you're yeah, you're thinking of you're it. toast. <laughs> so Sean, where can my audience find you if they want yeah. to learn more about improv, they want to have you speak? I don't know if you have any books out yet. Do you? I do. I do have a book. Yeah. Uh, I co-authored a book with my wife called Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse While Dating a Vampire. Uh, it's an incredible <gasps> work of nonfiction. <laughs> I really want to read that now, actually. Okay. So where did they find you and your book? And the you easy- said you've been doing lots of podcasts. So do you have your own podcast? I do. Yeah. You can find everything on our website. Speaking of like changing mindsets and stuff, my uh, recycledmindscomedy.com is the best way to find us. Recycledmindscomedy.com. Um, that's right. That's, that's right. Great. Yeah. So for, for me, from either speaking to our book, to my podcast, uh, which is the improv lifestyle. Um, you can find it all at recycledmindscomedy.com. Perfect. Thank you, Sean, so much. So one last thing, what yeah. is the single greatest piece of advice that you've ever been given or will give to this point in your life? Just one last little value add for our listeners. <laughs> uh, since we were just talking about uh, relationships, I think don't go to bed angry was the thing that popped into my head. Um, yeah. And that just kind of ties in with like letting things go. Life is short. If you know, find, find peace and pursue it as best you can. If you can't let it go. Um, but yeah. Okay. Don't go to bed mad. Don't go to bed angry. I think that's two parts, right? One for the relationship and one for yourself, right? Like anger isn't, isn't a very comfortable feeling. Um, for the yeah. individual experiencing it. And so I don't like to go to bed angry. And, and I did actually in this last month, which ugh, um, I did go to bed angry and I didn't sleep well because of it. And I really wish that I would have, you know, went ahead and faced that crap and resolved the issue mm-hmm. and went to bed peaceful because, right, not only did I lose that sleep that night, but I also was crankier the next day. And so it had a had a really bad trifecta. It messes with our immune system too. Anger and fear, they mess with our yeah. immune system. I mean, there are human emotions that I think we have to experience. I'm all about the dualities, um, mm-hmm. but it's how much do we need to experience them? How long should we experience them? Um, and how quickly should we boot them out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you Tanika, so much, thanks Sean. for having me. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Dawning Bliss Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. For more podcasts and personal coaching, please visit us at dawningbliss.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.